The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Hmm. So I like that statement, being free from all sense desires. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so good morning and welcome to a, a um, another Dhamma talk at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me introduce myself. So my name is Bhante Chunda, and this is probably my fifth time here. And I've been coming to Newbury Monastery since 2015. We've been coming here and supporting this place for five years, uh, and also supporting the Buddhist Society of Victoria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so today is also a special day for me. Because today is the day that I, I was ordained as a fully ordained pikula in Bodhiyana uh, in Ashen Brown's monastery. So that was eight years ago. So, th so this is my eight wasa, and I've been a monastic for 10 years. So I was a uh, trainee, an agarica trainee for one and a half years, then a novice for two years, then later on ordained on, on this day, eight years ago, as a fully ordained bhikkhu. So all together, about 10 years in road. Mm. So one of my friends, monastic friends, remind me yeah, of, of, of the day. Yeah. So today is what the day that we ordain. Yeah. But um, Bhante Bodhidacha yeah, and also Bhante Medito yeah, and myself, all, all three of us was ordained on the same day. Yeah. So as, as a fully ordained bhikkhu. Yeah. So this is... This is always a special day for me. Just remind me yeah, when I first took on road to become a seminarist. Then later on, you see the Fikus training is the first year. You train as an Agarika. So you stay in the monastery. You help with cooking, driving, yeah, and the, the chores in the monastery. Yeah. It's just a transition from a layperson to um, to living in a monastic background. Then after that, then you ordain, you take the, your robe and your, and your bowler, and you, have, you become a novice monk for roughly a year. But for me, I was not sure yet. So I took two years, and after two years, I felt it was the right time. Then I ordained as a fully ordained bhikkhu. But before that, I was still a layperson, and I was practicing as a Buddhist for 11 years before I asked my parents, I can ordain so parents say no and I say when can I ordain and they say probably never or not for, actually they, they first say another 10 years first time I ask they go wait for 10 years so I wait for 10 years after 10 years I ask again 11 years I ask again they go another 10 years and I say okay so after another 10 years can I ordain and my parents say no you cannot ordain while they're still alive I cannot ordain and I go, oh, okay. So the answer is no. So I decided to go on ordain anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm quite glad uh, that I ordain. Because uh, now I look at how the world is going uh, at the moment. And I go, oh, okay. It's pretty glad uh, that um, I did ordain uh, and continue practicing as a monastic. Uh, because um, when I was a lay person, uh, um, I go into meditation uh, because I just got into a lot of depression uh, and anxiety. Uh, well, basically I was looking up in the mines 
and um, the mines was pretty good money. But the thing that got to me was just um, after a few years, it was quite extremely boring. Yeah, then I started to have a restless mind, and uh, I meet. I'll go on holiday and really enjoy myself. But I come back and I go, I didn't really want to be in the mine. I've been working up in the mines, but the money was good. But the hard things was being by myself and um, away from families and friends. So that actually really got to me. And um, yeah, so I, one thing I find that my thoughts was just thinking a lot, reflecting a lot. Then I slowly got into depression. Then it slowly affected my health. So I started to um, learn meditation and also to learn about the Buddhist practice of understanding what suffering, why uh, suffering is arising in my heart, in my mind, and learning to understand the cause of suffering and how to overcome it. And um, when the more I practice meditation, the more I practice the uh, the the Buddhist teaching, uh, the more happy I became. Uh, so um, later on, I decided that, okay, it's pretty good. Uh, maybe I should ordain as a monastic. Uh. Then when I have my, my parents' first time, they say no. Ten years, I go, okay, that's fine. So I continue going to the monastery to practice. And I have spare time. Uh, then I ask my parents again. Uh, they say no, another ten years. <laughs> so I say, decided, no, I will ordain. So now I've been a monk for about ten years. Uh, so it's, it's been pretty good. Uh. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, the monk's life is not easy. It can be quite difficult. Eh? But if you like to live simply eh? and you do a lot of practice, eh? then it, it can be a very good life, life, life way of practicing eh? because it's learning to live simply eh? and to learn to give things up. Eh? So when we give things up, eh? then we find that we're not burdened by our responsibility eh? And from our attachment of life uh, and this in society, uh. so I mean, during this period of uncertainty uh, and lockdown uh, all over the world, uh, especially in Melbourne now, uh, um, there is a lot of very anxiety, and people are very uncertain what's happening. Uh. And also, I heard uh, that the um, the suicide rate uh, is is quite high at the moment uh, um, because due to this. First thing was the drought uh, in Australia. So a lot of people took their life uh, just living in the, in the rural area. Because one of the monks was looking on a um, documentary on suicide. Uh, and they say that people was losing their farm animals then when they got into debt. Uh, and uh, when they find that they're not very productive, uh, then they decided maybe the best thing to do is just end their life. Uh, but um, so, but in causing the Buddhism, uh, if someone ends their life, uh, the sad thing is they may destroy the body, but the mind continue on. And when the mind continue on, the person will be more unhappy and they realize that they still hang around. So in Buddhism, we believe in rebirth. And if a person take their life, um, the body might have died or be destroyed, but the mind continue on. And I'll explain a bit more about that later on. So we always learn to overcome our own mental suffering, anxiety, just through wisdom and understanding. Because um, to destroy the body, it does not destroy the mind, but the mind does continue on. So, um, yeah, so that's one reason why 
um, in Buddhism, we don't encourage this kind of behavior. Uh, we encourage us to overcome one's suffering through um, meditation uh, and do Dharma practice. Uh, because um, this body will, um, get, will get old, will get sick and will depart uh, on its own condition. Uh, but the most important thing is always take care of our mind. Uh, so when we take care of our mind, uh, so when the time for us to, to, to leave this world uh, or leave this body, uh, we live with a heart that's content and happy. The reason why I say that is, being a Buddhist monk, we go to um, a lot of different places, and one place we go to is just our nursing home, to hospital, and we see some of our old Buddhists that's been practicing for many, many years. And it's quite wonderful to see them have been practicing for many years. And when the time that they do get old, become quite sick and do depart, they, we notice there is a sense of peace and happiness uh, and calmness. Uh, and um, and they do, when they do leave, uh, they leave with a very um, peaceful heart. Uh. It's quite interesting uh, going to uh, places like that because when we go to those places, we see people that have been practicing the spiritual practice. Uh, you can look at the eyes uh, and there's a lot of sense of fear, uh, confusion and worry. It's like looking at... Um, People that are quite old, but there's a lot of unhappiness and fear in the heart. Then when we go and see like old Buddhists that's been practicing Dharma practice and meditation for, for a very long time, you can see the sense of happiness and radiance in their heart and in their mind. So it's always good to uh, practice and try to overcome our, own, our, our mental suffering. Okay, so anyway, I got over a bit, a bit too... Um, um, distracted by that. Yeah. Mm. So today we, we will talk about basically letting go and um, learning to um, what's it, we say withdraw back and have a break. So um, during the Wasa, the three months uh, race retreat at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. So during the Wasa or the three three months race retreat, it's a very special time for us, for monastic here, because um, last year there was a lot of work here, setting up, setting up the monks' monastery, a lot of building work. The builders came here, he started building, started building in I think it was in April, two thousand and nineteen last year. So the monastery is just completed. Uh, yeah, about April. Uh, so it took about roughly one year uh, to complete this building project. Uh. So uh, especially Pantimitito that was here, he did a lot of the um, organizing uh, and just the, um, the work that's required to get this place organized uh, for the monks to come back here and to have the retreats. Uh. So I came here about about roughly a month uh, before Wasa started, uh, the race retreat. Uh. So it was good that we did a lot of work organizing things and getting ready for the Wasa. So when the Wasa starts, basically it's time for us to really, really slow down, um, reserve our energy, spend a lot of time in our kuti, practice meditation, study, and a lot of self-reflection and a lot of rest, especially um, in Victoria during winter because 
Newbury Monastery is about 800 meters above sea level. So during the day, it can get quite cold. The temperature will drop to about 8 degrees, even 6 degrees. And at night, it will drop to 2 degrees, and sometimes even minus 2 degrees or, or, or deal degrees. So in the morning when we wake up, we do have a bit of floss, frost on, out in the, um, on the grass. And the, uh, the pond that we have will freeze up. And uh, there's no, there's, we don't have any snow yet. Le. So when last year, we, it did snow a few times. Uh, so we have maybe about one inch of snow. Le. So it was quite nice when it snowed. Mm. So during the rain retreat, le, it's a period of basic practice and rest. And plenty of rest. Because you see after the rain retreat, le, then there's more responsibility, uh, getting things organized for the fire season uh, and preparing the place uh, and um, harvesting more wood, um, getting more buildings set up uh, because um, next year uh, uh, we'll start the, uh, the construction of the lay center uh, uh, roughly in June. Uh, yep. But the paperwork will be organized early in December. Uh, but we're hoping to start the construction uh, in roughly about in June next year. So it'll be a lot of work and quite busyness. But at the moment, for the monastic and for the resident here, resident guests, we are basically enjoying the place. Sometimes it's good to reflect what's happening in the world. So I try and combine it to our meditation, to our Dharma talk and with meditation here. So during the, the Wasala, you see everything is kept to a minimum. We spend a lot of time by ourselves, alone in the Kuti. So it's a good time to reflect. So we, we call it our hibernating time. So everything is, is on, the monastery is in hibernating mode. Hibernation is quite, quite, quite a good way to describe monastic life during the Wasala. Because our mind, during a normal days uh, outside of, of the Wasala, we're quite busy thinking, planning, doing paperwork uh, and preparing uh, for um, just our day-to-day du -day duties of um, work, teaching uh, and um, getting the monastery set up and established. But during the Wasala, we, we try and stop all those uh, and keep things to a minimum. So um, meditation becomes the priority. Uh, because we train our mind to basically just to let things go and um, not to worry too much and to calm the mind to develop samadhi because if we don't learn to calm the mind then the mind can be overtaken by defilements, attachment, frustration, anger, <laughs> greed, discontent and that will lead to depression, anxiety. So, yeah. So for even for our Buddhists and supporters out there, it is a tough time at the moment with this lockdown and with this coronavirus because things can be very, very uncertain. And during hard times, we have to take care of our heart and our mind. And the best thing you can do is basically to slow down. Slow down in the monastery. Slow down at home. Yeah. 
especially during the monastery now, because sometimes during the Wasala, like last year and the previous years, we do have a lot of people come in for lunch dana to offer the, the one meal a day to the monastic. So sometimes we have up to about 20 to 50, even to hungry people coming to the monastery during the Wasala. So sometimes for the monastic, we take turn to um, do teaching and to um, talk to the to uh, our dana supporters, our guests, to give a, a short dharma talk or to give answers and questions. But due to the lockdown now, um, we're not having any um, people coming in for dana for their own welfare and safety, not to um, travel around the place, to stay at home and to um, basically have basically oh, been a bit of a um, quarantine at home, uh, not to go around anywhere. Uh. Yes. So it's really good at the moment because the monastery is very quiet and uh, most of the um, lunch is all made in-house. So our guests and the trainees are doing lunch, organizing lunch. Uh, so it's good. It's good that uh, everything is kept to a simple. Uh, so the monastery is very quiet now. I mean, sometimes we do worry that um, with less people coming, uh, um, we won't get a lot of donation. Uh, so also we have to learn to basically become frugal. So one thing that we do is we learn, especially during the Wasser, uh, is, is to cut down as much expenses as possible. Uh, so Ajahn Brahma said, uh, um, for a monk, it's, it's quite easy. Uh, to look after because for a monk it's, it's as easy as look after as a dog as a dog you just basically feed it one meal a day and it lives in Belize at home and it's, and they just, they don't need they don't require a lot of things so for a monastic we as 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 easy to look look take care and maintain as a, as 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 a, as a dog at home so Ajahn Brown always joke around Taking care of a monkey is like taking care of having a, a dog at home. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's a pretty bad joke. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so with the um, with the lockdown in Melbourne now and also across the world, sometimes just worrying about, um, what's the word? Worrying about uncertainty, job, discurity. The economy is not doing well. And um, yeah, and catching the virus. It's not helpful to worry all this all the time because it does. You look at history, yeah, there's always been a lot of disasters that happen, and maybe every hundred, every hundred years. You have um, even every few few thousand years, you have big disasters, natural disasters, and with the um, with the flu or the or the virus. I think the last really major um, virus outbreak was the Spanish flu. That was just just after the um, the first world war that it spread, and um, I think I heard from. Um, some study up to about 50, 50 million people that passed away. So this kind of um, natural uh, disaster do arise time to time. 
So as for Buddhists, when things like that do happen, the Buddhists say there is two um, mental suffering. And there's the suffering of the mind and the suffering of the body. So these are the two um, types of suffering. So it's like being shot by arrow, one through the body and one through the mind. And the one to the body, sometimes there's nothing much we can do about it. But the mental data is something that we can learn to overcome through understanding this discontent, this anxiety, this worry, this, this depression. Because the more we feed it, the more we think this is me, this is mine, this is my suffering, yeah? then the more we'll feel this discontent. Yeah? Is my suffering? Is my problem? I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. Yep. When I was a lay person, I used to think that a lot. Yeah? I'm so bored. Yeah? This is so boring. I can't do anything. Yeah? I'm stuck up in the minds. Why people are like this? Why people are unkind? Why people don't treat me well? I'm not good enough. I can't stand being here. Le. So I used to think so much. Eh? Think about my, my, my own poor me. It's all my fault. Le. I'm not good enough. Eh? It actually made me very um, depressed. Eh? And brought a, a lot of anxiety. Eh? And it actually affected my health. Eh? So my health went down. My eyesight wasn't that good. My hearing also went down. And my hand would, would shake. Eh? So I actually basically slowly make me unhappy, quite depressed. Yep. Until one day I said, I can't stand this anymore. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I need to, uh, yeah, get out of this suffering. Yep. So, yeah, so one time during, when I was working up the mines, there was a local Buddhist celebration. So I went there and I went to the temple and I pay respect to the Buddha and I told myself, well, life is a bit of a suffering now. <laughs> I have so much worry and anxiety. But anyway, I guess the Buddha, the Buddha would know the cause of suffering and how to overcome it. So that came in my mind. So I asked one of the, um, the members in the temple if I can borrow a book. So I bought a book called Good Answer. Good question, sorry. Good question, good answer. And I, and I read that book. So it talked about the Four Noble Truths and the Five Precepts. After reading that book, it makes me make sense straight away. I say, oh, that's very true. Because I'm suffering so much. Because of my attachment. Because I want things. I can't get things. And when I can't get things, this can happen. And um, because when I was quite young, I used to work very hard. I used to work two jobs, so I thought the more, the harder I work, uh, the more money I earn, the more happy I'll be. Uh. But it just end up become a cycle, uh, of just working nonstop, of enjoying myself. Um, yeah, and it becomes like, almost like a, a addiction. Uh. So I was just working harder uh, and enjoy myself uh, just to get by, uh, just to uh, feed that happiness. Uh, to feed my own greed, yeah. 
to grief feed my own addiction. When I stop feeding it, I find there's a lot of anxiety in my heart and a lot of depression that came out. Because I was always looking for that happiness or that itch to scratch, to feed the five senses. So when I got into Buddhism, I realized feeding this itch, itch and scratching this, this desire is not bringing me happiness. It's bringing me more, more depression and more, more anxiety. So during this lockdown, it's very difficult for everyone that's at home. Because we all been conditioned to work very hard, to achieve, to be better, to provide, to, to go ahead in career, to earn as much money as possible, to buy a big house, to buy a car, to find a nice partner, to settle down, to have a family. When all these things um, basically um, would say disrupted due to the problem in the world now, especially with the virus. So it does bring out a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a lot of dread, especially if the economy is doing, not doing well. So these are the mental suffering that does arise in everyone. But for Buddhist point of view, when things, these things do arise, we learn to stop, to look into our heart, to understand the cause and condition, to realize this mental dart of suffering is something that we learn not to carry on, not to carry in our heart. We just see, we learn to understand that if these thoughts, this feeling arise, we don't feed it. The less we feed it, the less we react to it, the more we can overcome it with wholesome qualities of contentment, of peace, of letting go, of not having much, of being frugal, then we'll find peace and happiness. Because over-worrying about things is not going to help us overcome our suffering. Then we learn to stop. I have a rest to save our energy. Yep. So I do notice in the monastery, uh, it's a good example, it's during the very cold winter season when it snows here. Uh, when I go for a walk, I notice there are some animals that are not out, especially the insect, the lizard, and the snakes. So during those difficult time of not getting plenty of food to eat, so the snakes, the insect, and the lizard they will go go on hibernate hibernation mode. So they will go into sleep and hibernate through the winter. Because if they're out there, they probably will not make it and will not survive and most likely will perish. So sometimes when I go into um, old buildings and we have a storeroom that we keep our, our building material and sometimes I notice the, the, the wasps, the insect and some the lizard will be hibernating there. So they will rest, they go into sleep mode, and just wait for the past, the, when the spring and summer returns. So during this lockdown, 
um, usually during the wassail, uh, the monks are in hibernating mode. Uh, especially now that this lockdown, uh, we're doing less and less work here. So, so everyone at, at home now, uh, during lockdown, uh, yeah, just, just be go into hibernating mode. Uh, don't worry about too much, uh, because there's a saying, uh, this too will pass. Uh, so hopefully it will pass in the near future. Uh, we should learn to slow down yep, and don't worry too much. To train our mind into samadhi, meditation. Because meditation, what it does is it allows our worry and our problem to let go. Yep. In, in Buddhism, in monastic practice, one thing we are trained to do is when suffering to arise, we learn not to run away from it, to stay with it, to confront it. Through meditation and um, the Buddhist teaching, there's a concept of non-self or anatta. Because if we think there's an I, there's a me, then we will suffer. But if the more we calm our mind, the more we calm our thoughts. When the mind is very calm, when the mind is very peaceful, then the movement of of the um, of the self, of our thoughts, does not come out, come out through through our our conscience. If we, the more we think, oh, <laughs> this is my suffering, I can't stand this anymore. I need to do this, uh, I need to work, I need to be busy, uh, then we're creating more, more mental suffering. Uh. So if, if there's nothing we can do, uh, we learn to stop, we learn to let go, uh. we learn to be peaceful, uh. we learn to save our energy. So that's what a lot of the animals does uh, in nature. Uh. So you do learn a lot from nature, uh, to do slow down uh, and save your energy, uh, especially in winter. Last year, when it was snowing twice, uh, um, we found two, two dead kangaroos. So one kangaroo uh, died in the first snow. You see if they're old or they're quite sick, uh, they'll, they'll more make it through. Uh. Then the second snow that we, we have in the, in the monastery uh, last year, uh, also another kangaroo passed away. Uh. Yep. This year, we found a uh, koala uh, up in the field. Uh when it was really cold, uh, close to um, maybe one um, or zero degrees uh, when there's frost. Uh, this be sad, uh, because I think that was the only koala in the monastery. Uh. So in summer, I heard it make a lot of noise in the trees, uh, <laughs> but I never saw it. Uh. Yep. And um, one of the um, trainee was walking, uh, and she saw a koala up, up in the tree. Uh. So was, that was our koala in the monastery. So the only time I saw it yeah, was when it was dead, uh, just under the tree, close to the tree. Yeah. It was quite a big koala, it's about this size. Yeah. So hopefully it lived, lived to a quite old age yeah, before it passed away yeah, from um, sickness. Yeah. Mm. So it's a bit sad, yeah. you see, when it's the winter time, yeah, the, um, the old and the sick um, animals in the monastery, yeah, they don't make it. Yeah. So that's why it's good to self-isolate uh, during this, this um, COVID pandemic uh, and to stay 
stay at home, reserve your energy. Let's find a, a routine or chore, chore to do. So I've been looking at some of the uh, the news and they say that a lot of people, they just find a routine at home. Some people will go um, do home renovation. Some people would, would um, basically um, do some gardening and uh, some would do studies. Mm. So as a Buddhist and a practitioner, have time to practice. But some, some of our lay practitioners say, I say you should do more practice. They say no, <laughs> I'm too, I'm so busy. I've got so much responsibility and, and busyness. I don't have time to practice. But now it's the um, due to the lockdown, they have a lot of plen plenty of time to practice. So there's no excuse not to practice. Yes. So that's one good thing. Yeah, that come out from this lockdown. You have more time to practice at home. Mm. Going back to um, fears and anxiety. Yeah. So fears is a is a really great way yeah, to um, to practice when you have a very strong sense of fear yeah, and worry anxiety yeah. because this um, when you have dread arising in your heart yeah, you can feel it yeah, a lot of tension you can't sleep properly at night you worry a lot and it does affect affects your health yeah, but it leads to a lot of anxiety yeah. Yeah. so when you Understand this through um, um, be mindful, watching your mind, watching your thoughts, and learn to separate this thought le, from one's heart. Le, that it can be just watching it very carefully yeah, and learning not to react. Le. The more we, re we don't react, le, the more we can let it go. And through to the um, our meditation practice, le, you can allow the mind to stay with this body yeah? to slowly let this let let the body go let go the the tension yeah? and the anxiety yeah? from the body go yeah? then you go to the mind then you you, you watch this mind yeah? you watch the worry and anxiety yeah? and the fear yeah? and the dread you learn to basically not buy into it yeah? because when we buy into it yeah? we buy into suffering yeah? so we we learn to develop calm and peaceness, peace of mind. So when you have peace of mind and have stillness, then this anxiety and worry does not overtake our heart. So we learn to let go slowly and slowly. The more we let go, then the more we realize because the sense of, of I and the self is feeding this, this worry anxiety. That's why this concept of non-self is quite very important in Buddhism. Because in Buddhism we believe when a person wants to be free from from this attachment, no? free attachment to the defilements, the greed, anger, and delusion, it comes from a sense of self. If we can let go of a sense of self as much as possible through deep meditation, and there's this, when there's no I, no me, and an I in the self, when this, when the um, when the sense of self disappears, then we become free and we replace the sense of self with deep calm and stillness. In Thailand, a lot of the monks, they are very afraid of um, ghosts and also death. 
because a lot of people don't want to um, um, be confronted with death. I guess death can be um, quite disturbing for the mind because we try and turn away from death. But in Buddhism, we, we realize sickness, old age, and death is a part of, of, of existence. We, no one can run away from old age, sickness, and death. It's something that we have to face. So, a lot of monks in, in Thailand will go into the cremation ground and they will sit and meditate. And some of the monks are very scared of ghosts. So, some monks do make it a practice to, to sit meditation um, next to a corpse, corpse that's been cremated. And they will sit there all night. Yeah. And experience this, just the fear and dread arising in their heart, la. and it's it's, all, it's so intense. La. Some people can't they can't stand it. La. It's like they 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 are on fire. La. It's, they 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 will start to shake in fear. La. It's so so intense la, that if you if you can sit with it and you can understand it, la, then you let it go la, and you, you you become free. So it's a really good practice. La. So a lot of Thai monks are really scared of ghosts. <laughs> so it's a good way to uh, face the fear uh, and don't run away, to understand it, to, to realize uh, not to bind, bind to the fear. Uh, because when we really bind the fear, uh, then we really suffer. Uh, and when we can learn not to bind to the fear from coming from the self, uh, then we can free ourselves. Uh, we realize this feeling uh, is something we can learn to let go, to switch off. They turn away and just to replace it with calm and peaceness, peace of heart. Mm. Because every time I realize when something happens, I get so worried, I think about it so much uh, that it's basically can cause me not to sleep. But sometimes I realize it's, it's out of my control. There's nothing I can do, do about it. Uh. Then when I let it go, uh, I, then I find a sense of peace. It's like holding, holding on to. Um, to this cup, say this cup is heavy and it's hot. Le. The more I hold on to it, le, it's gonna burn my hand, and it's gonna make my hand quite tired. So I'm suffering a lot just by holding this cup. This cup is really hot. Le. So if I let it go, then I won't burn my hand. Talking about burning my hand, uh, this morning, uh, I got a, a a bowl of noodle uh, from the microwave. Uh, I put it on for too long. Uh, as soon as I picked it up, le, it was so hot le, that I let go. <laughs> and it went over the microwave and into the cut onto the bench. <laughs> I go, oh no. I've cleaned it up. Le. <laughs> so if it's hurt and it's painful, le, let it go. Le. Don't hold on to it. <laughs> yes. So uh, Ajin Cha was saying, I think it was Ajin Cha le, was saying when he was uh, a young monk, uh, he was so afraid of ghosts uh, that he had to learn to overcome it. So he'll go up to a cremation ground and, and meditate whole night in front of a corpse. And he'll overcome with fear and worry. But it's a good practice. It's, it tends to expose the sense of self. So um, he went to this, this criminal ground. And there was a, a quite a young girl that just passed away. 
So it's a girl that was going to school. So on the way to school, she was on the boat going across across the um, probably a lake or a river. Somehow the the boat capsized, and the the young schoolgirl drowned. So when someone drowned in an accident or basically in a murder in Thailand at that time, they don't cremate the body. They take the body to the to the cemetery and bury it straight away. So the body was quite quite fresh, and it just happened recently. And so Achin Cha went there to sit with the um with the body that was just buried. So it was, it was a good way to practice, to try and overcome his fear. So while he was there, um, early in the morning, a couple of, of the um, people came over and offered Ashin Chala some, um, some drinks. And Ashin Chala was saying, that's, that's strange, because um, he just went there at night yeah, and told no one about it. That he's going to sit meditate meditation where this 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 young girl was buried, and the uh, and and all the the kids told told them told Ajahn Chala say oh it's okay what happened was um, her friend that was the ghost came 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 to the village and told her friend that oh there's a monk yeah, seeing seeing them meditating at night yeah so yeah so there's a monk over there so her friends decide to. Um, Get some drinks and come over in the morning off to to Ajahn Chala at that time. So that's one of the ghost stories that I heard. When someone passed away, they tend to linger around. Yeah. It's quite interesting because um in Bodhiana Monastery, sometimes we have supporters that pass away and sometimes they come and visit the monastery and some of our supporters that stay in the monastery tell us that oh they saw this person uh, that's hanging around the dam, uh, and we go, oh, okay. We ask him, do you know who is it? He said, oh, this, this one, our old supporters passed away uh, not long ago. Uh, and we, that did happen, uh, and he was just hanging around. But you see, for our supporters, if they do pass away, uh, sometimes they visit the family, and um, yeah, if they're a good supporter, they come and visit the monastery uh, for a short while before they move to another rebirth. Uh. Yeah, so that's quite common. Uh. Yep. And sometimes we have also a ex-monk, that also was um, passed away. Uh, he was ordained for a few years. He disrobed and he went back home. Uh, and uh, yeah, something happened uh, and he passed away. Uh. So um, uh, one of our trainees saw him just coming out of the toilet. Uh, then he vanished. Uh. Then we we asked him who he was, it, uh, and he described that person. We go, oh, okay, I think I know who is it. Uh, because it's this person that we used to know that ordained with us. Uh, in Bodhiyan Monastery, he he left the monastery. He went to went to Thailand. They went to a monastery in Melbourne. Then later on, he disrobed. Then he 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 was basically got in an argument with one with his family, with his stepfather. And his stepfather basically shot him, and he died. So um, then a few days later, um, we spotted him. Um, one of the um, guests are staying there. Spotted him in the monastery. So that's quite common. So that's a lot of cool stories I like to tell. Um, also in the retreat center, there was a, a person that come and did a retreat. And he was quite sick. So you see in the retreat center, we have people that come in to do meditation. And some are very sick. And we have people that have cancer. 
we do retreats and some do make it and end up living for a few years or they end up living with cancer la. and um, yeah the cancer we, we have one person that I know that have cancer all over his body yeah? and he started doing meditation yeah? and managed to drop the body yeah? so he's still alive yeah? with the cancer yeah? so we learn to let go this body yeah? so the doubt of suffering yeah? there is the, the mind and the body to so the mind doubtless suffering we can train ourselves to let go the the pain of the the dark on the body is is a bit more difficult eh, to but it can be done so due to deep meditation eh, some people can let go of the body eh. when you let go of the body eh, you let go of the pain eh, and you have a sense of peace peace and tranquility to the body eh, and that will help the body to recover eh, sometimes quite rap rapidly eh, or the the sickness or the cancer will not continue to over overwhelm the body eh. But in some cases, uh, um, if the the body is too the the sickness is too advanced, uh, and the person um, comes into meditation a bit too late, uh, then it's a bit harder for them to practice. Uh. So we have one case when this person came to the retreat center, uh, in Janagro retreat center, uh, and he stayed in one building. Uh. Then later on, his sickness got worse and worse. Uh, he had to leave the retreat, uh. and um, and the next retreat was running. Uh, someone spotted. A person in that room uh, and straight away we realized oh the person came back uh, to, to visit the, the, the uh, retreat center uh, only for a short while then he left uh, so he came back as a ghost uh. <laughs> yeah i mean one reason why i like to tell ghost story uh, because i i was a bit conditioned by ghost stories uh, when i was younger because uh, i remember when i was younger when i was about seven years old uh, I used to stay in this house and I used to see um, people just wandering around the house in the corridor walking around in my room sometimes in my under, <laughs> underneath my bed uh, or um, up the walls uh. so I used to tell my mum and my dad uh, mum dad is, do you have friends here and my mum and dad say no no there's no one here what are you talking about uh? you must be seeing things uh. I go oh, okay Maybe I'm seeing things there. <laughs> yeah. But as I get older, as a layperson, I stop seeing all these, these um, beings. I was going, hmm, maybe I must be a bit crazy. But later on, as I got older, I talked to one of my, my friends. Um, and he, he told me, maybe you've been seeing ghosts. I, said, I think about it, oh yeah. That's most likely it is. Uh. But I spoke to a lot of my friends uh, where I was staying. Uh, and they say, yeah, some of them will see um, yeah, other people wandering around the place. Uh. And it's funny. You see kids when they're quite young uh, and when their mind is quite pure, uh, they can see and pick up other beings. Uh. But as they get older, uh, they stop seeing it. Uh. And some of my friends, they are, they're not some of them are westerners too yep so regardless from all background if you're asian or you're westerner yeah things these kind of things do arise and when things arise uh, you see people they need questions they want to answer uh, they come to the monastery uh, and they share the story what they have seen uh. mm. and we try and explain this of course in condition 
Yep. So rebirth was always something that's always in my mind when I was quite young. I realized that if there's life after death, then these things are possible. Mm. Yeah. I mean, ghost stories are quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, one time I went to a monastery where I was staying, yeah, and um, at night I dreamt of someone being um, killed and cut in half. Uh, it's quite a vivid dream. And I woke up, because you, you get that feeling too, uh, and that dream was pretty tra- traumatic. Uh, I was going, wow, that was a really interesting dream. Then the next day, the dream arises again. Uh, I go, hang on, second time. Okay, there must be like unhappy spirits around this one, this, this monastery. Not 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 Newbury Monastery. There's another monastery I was staying uh, when I visit and stay for like ten days. I'm not gonna mention which monastery is it, <laughs> but that monastery that I was staying in Sydney. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. So the third night, yeah, um, the same dream came 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 out again. I was going, okay, yeah, this. This spirit is trying to basically con- connect with me. Yeah? So all I can do is just send Metella to that unhappy spirit la, and share my merit with her. Because as a practitioner, la, that's what we can do. La. We share our merit, and our happiness, and our blessing yeah, to any ha- unhappy be- beings uh, if they're suffering. Yeah. Yep. So later on, I, I went and asked the caretaker la, of that monastery yeah, and I asked, He's actually here doing some recording. <laughs> and I asked the caretaker, he was used to the caretaker of another monastery yeah? before he came to Newbury. Yeah? I asked him, have, have this monastery been any death? And he told me that, oh, that's quite a long time ago. Yeah? Because over there, they got high cliff. Yeah? And 200 years ago, yeah? people used to grow throw the native off the cliff. Yeah? So when, when the settlers came, yeah? So it's it's quite a sad place, uh. yeah. Yeah, a bit of a dark history. Yeah. But also, he told me that underneath the the monastery, yeah, there's a coal mine, and they used to have prisoners, and they send the prisoners down there to dig for the coal, and quite a few of them die die in the coal mine. I go, wow, this this place, this the land is a sense of a lot of sadness there. But it's good that the monastery is built uh, because um, those beings can listen to Dharma uh, and uh, hopefully overcome their suffering uh, through to the Buddhist teaching. Uh. Mm. Yeah, so that's one of the ghost stories I'll just share. I mean, I still have a lot of many, plenty of ghost stories uh, due to my conditioning. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so hopefully this is a short Dharma talk. So I uh, open the um the attendant for any questions Bante, first question yes how to let go of bad memories from the past such as failures wrong choices and escapes okay. how to deal with emotions fear mm. sadness and sometimes the pain behind them mm. thanks venerable okay Sometimes these kind of things, when they do happen, uh, we learn from it. Uh, because if there's no suffering, uh, there's no failure, uh, and there's no growth. Because when things 
really go wrong. Eh? We learn to um, accept it. We learn not to make the same mistake. Eh? And we learn to become a better person. I mean, myself, I make so much mistake when I was a lay person. Eh? Then when I joined the monastery, eh? I made even more mistake. Eh? But it taught me to basically let things go. Eh? And not to beat myself up too much. Because I realized, being a human being, yeah, we do make mistakes. We try our best. We try too hard sometimes uh, to, um, to please our family, our boss, our society. And the harder we work, the more we try and achieve, the more busy we, we, we become, the more definitely more, the more mistake will happen it's human nature we're not perfect that's why the Buddha say yeah, when someone is fully enlightened uh, a person will say I'm not better I'm not worse I'm not the same basically the idea of the self is not there if you think there's an I yeah, there's a me yeah, then there's a suffering my problem my failure my mistake. But if we learn to accept things uh, through wisdom uh, in contentment, then we let things go. Then we learn to grow in wisdom uh, and understanding. Yep. Someone did ask Ajahn Chala, did you learn the um, Abhidharma? Do you study a lot of suttas? How come you're so wise? <laughs> Ajahn Chala say, because he got so much defilements uh, and he suffered so much. Uh, and he learned to overcome his, his suffering uh, through his practice. So there's one reason why he's so wise. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we are suffering. Uh, there's no growth. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we just try and, try and be the smartest person uh, and be smarter and more cunning than everyone else. Uh, but it sometimes leads to a smarter defilement uh, and more suffering. You look at the world these days, just turn on the news. Like people are just just running over their desires, trying to outdo and outsmart everyone else, trying to do the best, the more pow most powerful, uh, the most cunning, uh, the most sneaky, uh, getting the advantage over other people. Uh, people and society and country yeah. and that what have what have that lead to more, more suffering yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so being a good being a buddhist monk and a practitioner is very good like, because we celebrate we don't use money we live simply yeah, and we let things go like. after a while like, you, you you feel like your heart becomes like almost like a child like, carefree because when I was practicing yeah, as a lay Buddhist, yeah, the more I practiced, the more free I became, the more happy I became inside. It felt like I was being going back as a child again, having a carefree mind and a pure mind, yeah, yeah not burdened by desires and attachment. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Next question. We develop our house and you develop your monastery. Yes. What is the difference? Well, the most important thing is 
when we when I first came here in 2015 when there was a lot of work and um, I came over to support my 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 friend he was the head monk at the time and he was working a lot and struggling a, a lot and getting a bit burned out so because I know him for a few years so I knew I was in trouble so I came over to support this monastery and I realized that there was a lot of work work in the morning work in the afternoon and sometimes work in the evening and work seven days a week yeah and I think with the work and stress and everything was too much for him so after a year and a half my friend decided to resign and left the monastery and he got you in there there you go this is your place now you run the show and I was going oh no jeez I don't came here to help my friend. I didn't expect him to leave leave the monastery and resign. So now I've got this, this monastery to um, basically help to build out and to support. So at that time, there was only myself and one nun and one trainee. And it's a lot of work. And we have a debt problem. Um, we hardly had any, any support coming in. Not a lot of people coming because the place was getting renovated. So... The only thing that kept me going was basically my meditation, keeping my mind peaceful. I just work through mindfulness, being aware. So when I finish work, I go back really tired, and all, I, all I'm going to do is just let go. And yeah, so work hard to build a monastery to get it set up. But luckily, more and more monks came over and shared the duties. I was so glad that Pantimitito came over and helped to um, take care of the project. And get the monks place built la. So myself and Pantimitito rotate la. And so I'll normally come with a group of monks la. And um, just shout the work and the burden. So in this year coming back is so wonderful. I think all the five years of hard work la, gone to getting this place built la. Now it's built. Now it's, we have places to stay, to practice. And it's very comfortable. Sometimes it's just so peaceful. Plus, I'm, I'm so used to working non-stop here. Coming here, sometimes I feel a bit restless. I'm going, oh, I need to look for things to do. I need to fix things. I go, hang on. This is the wassail. I need to slow down. Because I did a lot of hard work in the beginning. Now it's time to relax and enjoy the monastery. Yeah. Sometimes I relax so much, yeah. I don't even come up for breakfast. I stay in my kuti. I just come for lunch, have lunch, and go straight back to my kuti. <laughs> yeah, and I just felt like super lazy, not doing anything. But it's good. The less I can, the less I can do, the more energy come back in my mind. The more energy come back in my meditation. So yeah, so it's hibernating time. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yes, Chilo. Yes, uh, my question is about uh, practicing meditation and my question is about practicing meditation and also regarding uh, memory, memory in the brain. Memory in the brain. I've noticed I've practiced meditation for mm -hmm. a very long time. Yes. 
and i get to to relax yes and i can be able to tune into this mm. kind of like frequency mm-hmm. without even meditating yes and i can just sort of be in a peaceful mm. state of mind okay but i noticed something as well was um the more i'm relaxed and the more i let go mm-hmm. the more i sort of forget stuff and it's mm. kind of like to me they don't seem to be mm. useful to store in my brain anymore mm. Mm. i used to be a computer geek i used yes. to i did up to my masters and mm. i studied a lot and i had a lot of information mm. and i used to like to intellectually use my brain mm. academically but now i just i realized um i'm a, i was actually afraid mm. will i get dementia because um sometimes i just wake up and i'm like i i'm not even if i try to remember something mm. i have to really dig into the brain because i'm mm. just i let it go mm. i was wondering whether you have something to say about that i think you, you see as we learn to let go and calm the mind then things that seems to be important to us we tend not to hold on to it it has not become a priority yep so even i notice myself i used to think a lot and the more i think the more anxious i became the more worry i became but the more i practice meditation then the more i tend to um, basically let go and don't worry about it because it's not important anymore yep but when we do a task then you see what we remember from from before or we learn from before it will it will always come back mm. yep it's like a sample like when I was a lay person I used to fix cars a lot so that's my my job do all my jobs up in the mines fixing cars so when I came to monastery yeah, all those I had to let go yeah. so I thought maybe I'll forget how to fix cars uh. but one of my but the monastery start to get um cars coming in uh. so i say okay so it maybe it's good to i uh, practice my skill uh. so i continue fixing cars uh, up in the monastery uh. and i uh, got quite good at it uh. uh fix mainly can fix all the cars uh. and we we getting more and more cars came uh. so we in bodhiyana monastery we have a fleet of six vehicles uh, because i i started to um uh, set up a workshop uh, to maintain the vehicle because um we found that we maintain our vehicle like we can really cut down our cost so everything that i learned from before like basically just came came back naturally yeah. so what we re- retain in our mind we always come back yes yes and the more clear our mind the less scattered it is the more more retain back because some of our retreatants that stays in the monastery they say that the more they meditate like the more the memories they come back when they are uh, quite young as as, as a child yeah. yeah because when we are so busy yeah, uh we tend to forget mm. because the mind is taking over something more important mm. but the more we calm the mind the more we can remember mm. our childhood yeah. so these memories slowly come back yeah. the mind become more clear mm. yep Mm. So I just go 
Yes, so, so the more the more you clear minor, you, you the more more clear things become. Yeah. Um, good good morning, Bante. What causes beings to be reborn as ghosts? Thank you. You see attachment, strong attachment. It's because sometimes when someone passes away, yeah, it's so sudden uh, that they're not ready to um to die. Uh, so something like accident or even a murder. So when that something happened, it's so dramatic uh, that the person was not expecting uh, to um, to depart that quicker. Uh. So the mind is still hold, holding on very strongly. Uh. Yep. So they, they tend to linger. Uh, and the more confused they are, uh, the longer they, they linger. Uh. If they can wake up uh, and burn off the karma, uh, then you see they take a take another rebirth. Yeah. So this places I mean the place where I used to um live uh, when I was very young uh, and I see all these spirits, uh, ghosts. Uh, I asked I told this to my friend uh, and my friend told me, Oh, that place it used to be an old prison uh, because I remember the place I stay uh, They demolished the the old prison, but there was still step going down <coughs> down to the kitchen. So when the step go down, uh, the part of it, it felt like some some have concrete the step over uh, down to the kitchen. Uh, and, uh, and my friend told me that it used to be a prison uh, and they have uh, cells underneath underground level because he told me that when his grandfather used to be um, um, captured by the Japanese uh, and they used to take him down there and torture him. Uh. So, yeah, so... Maybe a few people might have been killed down there. So when people are very, when they pass away with um, um, a lot of pain and suffering, they, they can't let go. Yep. So that's why there are some spirits there. Yep. So people that are not die for natural causes, have too much anger or too much attachment, then they tend to linger. That's why it's always so important to train the mind to let things go uh, and be at ease and at peace. Uh. Thank you. Is it possible to see what happens after death via meditation? After death, hmm. Oh, when a person is dead, ready, they don't come back. <laughs> yeah, but but we have um, people that do retreats. And the more calm they they might become, and the more peaceful they, they become, uh, then the, the memory do do slowly arise and come back. And sometimes, the only case I heard of is um, there was a monk that told me yeah, that he was riding his bike, his, his motorbike, very, and he he crashed and he was just sliding yeah, into um, on the road, uh, and he knew it's, it's going to. Um, might be killed, but his mind just completely stopped, and within a split second, a lot of memory came back. Like you say, like it's like the mind was super, superpower mindfulness. This lot of memories just came back within a split second, like from when he, when he's have an accident into when he was quite young. So it's like a flashback, 
and he, he did not believe the amount of uh, information that came back and uh, memories. Uh, yeah. So that's one case. Uh, and the other case is some, sometimes when uh, people have very deep meditation, uh, then memories do come back. Uh, and um, again, it goes back to even when um, into the last rebirth. Uh, yeah. But you see, you need very deep meditation uh, to access those memories. Uh, yep. But you need also a very skillful teacher. Uh, like someone like Arjun Brown to guide that person. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Because the power of the mind is is, is it can be accessed. Yep. Yeah. I mean also people have near death experience. They also describe uh, sometimes some of these memories do come back. Uh, yep. Because when a person passed away, yeah, their mind is very active for seven minutes. You can check on the internet and they say that the scientists wondering what is that. When a person passed away, yeah, their body is, is, is dead. Their heart stopped, they're not breathing, but their mind is very active for seven minutes. Then you stop. But for people that have near-death experience, and they do come back, they describe something very amazing. It's like almost like the, the mind has formed another world. Sometimes even memories come up. Okay, thank you. Probably the last question. During meditation, when we have a chronic pain mm. or persistent health problem, it is hard to not focus on it. Yes. Do you have any advice on how to deal with that? Mm. Thank you. Sometimes, the more we not learn not to react, the more you can sit with it, then you come to a point where somehow the mind just disconnects. When it's disconnected, you sense a sense of, of peace. It's like our thoughts. The more we feed it, the stronger it becomes. Same with our pain. The pain, we can learn to understand it and learn not to react. The more we can react, the more we can learn not to react to the pain, the more we can accept it, then the more that we can basically allow it to disappear. Because in Bodhiyana Monastery, there was a person that was not meant to be alive. He was meant to be dead a long time ago, due to his condition, because he says his stomach, a lot of, some of his lower organs that was removed, and um, yeah, he was in pain a lot. He told me how he can describe the pain. That was, it's like a tap. You turn the tap full or you turn it down low. So he was basically in pain all the time. And he said due to his, his practice of meditation, he can learn to just turn down the pain and almost like basically turn it off. But it's, he, this person, I'm not sure his condition, but he did, he did tell me that his stomach is not there, his death sign was not there. So it's basically like um, you only drink fluid and um, a lot of his, his organ, like intestine and stuff was, was missing. So um, yeah, I'm, I've been, since I've been coming here, for the last five years, I haven't seen him for a long time, so I'm not sure how he was going. So, this pain of the body is something that we can train not to react and allow it to so disappear. Because sometimes we have a hospital in um, in Armadale, next to a community center, so we have a meditation class there, and a lot of um, doctors refer the patient to the meditation class and the doctor always say that people that come to the class if they do stick with the class they 
they tend to um, recover from the sickness more better uh, than um, people that don't come to the class. Uh, they become more res- resilient. Uh, yeah. So same with this, this practice of meditation, uh, of, of just washing the mind and body. Uh, we learn when the suffering of life arises through this uncertainty, uh, we learn not to react too much. Uh, we develop peace and, peace and calm and letting go. Because the storm of the world, uh, up and down, is, is very uncertain. Things oh, it's always an, always changing uh, all the time. So when things happen like that, uh, we learn to ride, ride with the storm uh, and learn not to react. Uh. Yeah, so the world is, is experiencing a bit of a turmoil. But you look at history, it's always been there. Yep. Okay, hope that that's useful. And, and, and then finish, no more questions? No more questions. Okay, thank you. So, um, yeah, so I hope there was, um, well, I don't know, sometimes I try my best to, um, to um, teach what's happening in the world in the monastery. Yeah. So, um, so please forgive me yeah, if, if, if it's a bad time of talking. <laughs> anyway, I try my best. I'm not really a, a, um, a um, scholar monk. I like to practice and do work. <laughs> okay, so now we pay respect to the Buddha, Dharma, Sangela. Thank you.